Please stand with us and sing. The splendor of the King, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and I will see how great, how great is our God. And age to age he stands, time is in his hands. Beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The God at three in one, Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God. I will see how great, how great is our God. Name above all names, worthy of all praise. My heart will sing how great is our God. Name above all see how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And I will see how great, how great is our God. Amen, and please be seated. And before we light our peace candle, I want to send a second or maybe even possibly third welcome to our friends who are worshiping with us online. Um, of course, last week I sent out an email saying all of our technical difficulties I figured were fixed and we were going to be fine from here on. So of course what happens, there's technical difficulties, but I'm pretty sure it's all fixed just in case if anybody's wondering what was going on that was watching online. We were connected to the router in there instead of the one in here because I brought the laptop in there to fix other issues. Oh, technology. Everything is fixed now. We are fine. Knock on wood. I'm not superstitious because I have faith in God, but oh, let's pray that everybody who's worshiping with us online is just fine as they continue to worship for the rest of the service. And I was fixing some technical difficulties, and then I looked up, and there's more of you also. So again, welcome, and happy Father's Day. 
And now let us light our peace candle. Lord, on this Father's Day, we pray for peace. We pray for peace for fathers so that they no longer have to bury their sons. We pray for peace for all of those who wish to be fathers. We pray for peace in this earth. We pray for peace, Lord, in the lives of all of the fathers and of all of their sons and daughters. Lord, this morning we pray for peace for your peace that surpasses all human understanding. May you bless us with your peace as we worship you this morning. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. And hi, Charlie and Finn. Hi, kids, and good to see you again, Finn. Charlie, Bernie, I'm so excited to be here again. What are the kids and I going to learn this time? Is it another cool story from the Bible? Look, I've got a Bible right here that my mom gave me. It's a really big book. Yes, we are, little Finn. We have another great story for you. One that I think you are going to like. It's another story about David when he was just a boy. Ooh, I like David, the youngest brother chosen to be king. Yes, but after he was chosen to be king, he had to wait for a long time to be king. But while he was waiting, he saved his people from a giant. A giant? David? The boy? Defeated a giant? How'd he do that? He did it with only a slingshot. There was a giant named Goliath who challenged the Israelites to a fight. Goliath said that the Israelites could choose anyone to fight him. And all of the big, strong men were scared and didn't want to fight a giant. But David, who was a boy with a slingshot, had strong faith that God would be with him. So he said that he would do it. And Saul, who was the king at the time, put all sorts of armor on David, but David took it off. All that he needed was his slingshot and faith in God. And Goliath laughed at David when he came out. He didn't think a boy with a slingshot had any chance against him. So what happened? Did David defeat the giant? He sure did. With one sling of his slingshot, he hit the giant in the forehead and down the giant went. And David saved his people. The young boy saved his whole kingdom? Yes, one boy saved his whole kingdom with just a slingshot, and some faith. Yay for the little guys! And the lesson from this story is that we should have strong faith like David. We should have faith that God is always with us, giving us strength and courage. And we can have faith like David today by remembering that our God is always with us, giving us strength and courage when we need it. I like this, David. I like having faith, too. I'm going to be strong and courageous just like the faithful David. How about you, kids? Are you going to be strong and courageous too? I'm sure you and all these kids will be strong, courageous, and faithful, little buddy. 
Okay, kids, now you go. Have faith like David, be strong, be courageous, and we'll see you next week. Bye, Bye kids. kids. See you, you next, next week. week. Good morning. Our litany for this morning is taken from Psalm 9. Will you respond appropriately, please? I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Let the people say, The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Let the people say, Sing praises to God who dwells in Zion. Declare God's deeds among the peoples. Let the people say, For the needy shall not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor perish forever. Rise up, O Lord. Do not let mortals prevail. Let the nations know they are only human. Let the people say, Amen. Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice, you became nothing, poured out to death. Many times I've wondered at your gift of life, and I'm in that place once again. I'm in that place once again. And once again I look upon the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again I thank you. Once again, I pour out my life. Now you are exalted to the highest place, King of the heavens, for one day I'll bow, but for your saving grace and I'm full of praise once again I'm full of praise once again 
Once again I look upon the cross where you died Humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside Once again I thank you Once again I pour out my life Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Once again I look upon the cross where you died Humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside Once again I thank you Once again I pour out my life Once again I thank you once again, I pour out my life. Amen, and please be seated. Now, everybody, pray for our technology this morning. Do me a favor, just pray for it. And I think we will be all set. So now we're going to read our two readings this morning. We have two readings. We're going to read the story of David and Goliath, even though the dogs just did a good job telling us about it. We're now going to read the story of David and Goliath, and then we're just going to read the end of the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. So we do have a bunch to read this morning, but it's, it's, there's some pretty important stories. And I don't know, something about the story of David and Goliath just seems like a great Father's Day story, too. Uh, I'm thinking about, you know, when kids like to tell stories about how big and strong their dads are, and I think about the, the sons of David when they're like, well, you know, what'd your dad do? Well, my dad defeated a giant when he was only a boy, you know, thinking about those whose dad is stronger kind of stories that kids love to tell. And so I think it's such an amazing story for us to read this morning. We are going to bounce around because, of course, I'm not going to hold you here for the entire 17th chapter with all 58 verses, I feel like that would be a little bit cruel, and you dads might be mad at me on Father's Day. So we're not going to do that. Instead, we are going to read verses 1 through 9, then we're going to jump down to 24, read the tr through 26, and then 38 and 50. That's going to give us the best ability to cover the majority of what we need to cover here in this 17th chapter of the first book of Samuel. So friends, if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? amen. All right. Starting with verse 1, I will tell you when to jump down. Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Sokah, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Sokah and Azekah and Ephesdamim. And Saul and the Israelites gathered and encamped in the valley of Allah and formed ranks against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and, the Israel, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. And there came out from the camp of a Philistine a champion named Goliath of Gath 
whose height was six cubits and a span. By the way, that's either nine feet nine inches or six feet nine inches. We're unsure of which. And he had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had greaves of bronze on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. And the shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. And his shield bearer went before him. And he stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail, this giant is saying, against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Jump down to verse 24. And all the Israelites, when they saw the man, fled from him and were very much afraid. And the Israelites said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. And the king will greatly enrich the man who kills him and will give him his daughter and make his family free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And then we're going to jump down to verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped Saul's sword over his armor, and he tried to walk in vain, for he was not used to them. And then David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I am not used to them. And so David removed them, and then he took off his and then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the wadi and put them in the shepherd's bag in his pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistines. And the Philistines came out and drew near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine, that's Goliath, said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the wild animals of the field. But David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defied. This very day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the Philistine army this very day to the birds of the air and the wild animals of the air, so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not save by the sword or the spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. And when the Philistine drew nearer and met David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine, and David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it. 
and struck the Philistine on his forehead, and the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine, and slung a stone, striking down the Philistine, and him. There was no sword in David's hand. David beat Goliath. Now go to Mark, verse 35. This is just a short reading for us from the gospel. If you are again ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. amen. Starting with verse 35. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in a boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, that's Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke Jesus up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And Jesus woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And then the wind ceased and there was a dead calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury, your pardon, Lord. And where there's doubt, true faith in me a channel of your peace. Where there's despair in life, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, only light. And where there's sadness, ever joy. To grant that I may never seek so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love with all my soul. channel of your peace. It is in pardoning that we are part 
ourselves that we receive, and in dying that we're born to eternal life. Amen. And will you join with me in a moment of prayer? Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit and with your power as we worship you in this place. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So we have these two wonderful readings. I know that the first one gets a little bit gory and there is some head cutting off and stuff, but I mean, the Old Testament was a pretty gory time, so that just kind of happens. It, things happen that were gory, but no matter what, it, it's still a really cool story that a boy, I love how again he's described as Rudy and handsome with beautiful eyes, like they're trying to make him look as kind of innocent as they possibly can in telling of the story, that we have this boy who a giant. I absolutely love this story. But then we also have such an important text in the Gospel of Matthew in the end of the fourth chapter as we learn about Jesus calming the seas. It's absolutely wonderful. So we've got to quickly, as quickly as I can, because I don't want to keep dads for too, too long, especially since we got a late start this morning for too long on Father's Day. But we've got to go over these stories just a little bit. So first, let's look at the story of David and Goliath. Oh, I love this story of David and Goliath. Now we know that David was the one who was chosen by Samuel to be the next king of Israel. However, Saul did not know this. This happens in chapter 16, which we read just last week, where Saul did not know that God had chosen a new king to be king of Israel, that Saul had no idea that God was planning to replace him. And then we find out in the next chapter that suddenly there is this giant who appears. And, and I like to imagine the giant as nine foot nine inches because that's much more of a giant. But even think about this, Ted, by the way, how tall are you, friend? Six feet, nine inches. So, okay. I, I, I think, but at least in our mind, because you, Ted, are a wonderful man. You are not a giant. You're just so perfect, just as God made you. But uh, let's imagine back then, even six foot nine, when everybody was maybe at most, like, let's say five foot. I mean, this was 3,000 years ago. This was a long time ago. Nobody even got as tall as Ted, uh, Ted is now. But let's imagine that he was nine foot nine inches. The reason that we're unsure is because the measurement is uncertain. I guess that there's different ways you could measure a cubit. And so we're not sure. So let's just imagine that this giant was three feet taller than Ted, that he was three feet taller and everybody else was shorter than I am. Let's just imagine that everybody else was shorter than I am. And then they looked at this giant and we've got to learn something about the Philistines. Now here's what we need to know about the Philistines. So the Philistines, we know a lot about, but we only know things about the Philistines because of their opponents. 
first they battled against the Egyptians. So in Egyptian texts, we have some information about these Philistines who battled against the Egyptians. And then we have the, the, the text from our Israelites in our Bible, how we know that the Philistines battled against the Israelites, and then later they battled against the Assyrians. So we get to hear what the Assyrians thought of the Philistines. So these, these Philistines, they didn't even write their own texts that we get to read about. So the only thing we know about the Philistines is from their opponents. So we can understand that for a moment. But we also know that there was a couple hundreds of years where the Philistines were kind of constantly in battle. By the way, by the time that the Babylonian Empire got larger, apparently the Philistines ceased to exist, so they didn't have anything against the Babylonians. But for a few hundred years, we had the Philistines battling against Egypt and then battling against Israel and then battling against the Assyrians. There was so much battling going on and I can only imagine that when they found their, themselves with this big, strong soldier, they figured, finally, we're going to beat them all. <laughs> finally, we've got our top soldier here. Finally, we are going to beat them all. And they even had a plan on how they were going to do it. They were going to send out their, their big, strong warrior to go out and to say, any one of you want to fight me? <laughs> any one of you want to try to fight me? And, and if you fight me and if you lose, then all of your people become our servants. But if you beat me, then we'll become your servants. That's what what they said when they pushed their giant Goliath out there in front of the other armies. They thought finally they had their winning weapon here until they met a boy, a boy named David. I love this, by the way. Do you realize all of the other men were afraid? All of them were afraid. Saul was actually the king at the time, and he was a warrior king, so Saul was actually the one who was supposed to go up against Goliath. That was Saul's job. He was supposed to be the one saying, okay, I'm king. I will take on this battle. That was supposed to be his job, and yet he, too, was afraid. Everybody was afraid except for a boy. A boy who didn't get to interact with everybody the way that the rest of his brothers did. A boy who was stuck out in the fields all day and night taking care of the sheep. He was a shepherd. And now we think about shepherds and we're like, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. By the way, who wrote that? David. And we think the Lord is my shepherd. And we think that a shepherd is such a good thing. But back then, a, a shepherd was stuck out in the fields all day and night caring for the animals, often get a, getting a little bit stinky smelling because they didn't get to bathe or change their clothes very frequently. So a lot of people didn't like the shepherds. But David was a shepherd and, and he was off in the field and he had this alone time, just him and the animals and just him and his God. And as he had this time alone with his God, David's faith became so strong. He knew the presence of God. He felt the presence of God in his life. Have you ever felt the presence of God alive and at work in your lives? Have you ever had that tingling of the Holy Spirit where you're like, ooh, God is with me? You know that presence. Maybe have you ever been out there in nature? out there in nature experiencing something majestic and, and said to yourself, this is just all the proof I need that God exists. Have you ever felt the presence of our living God? Well, David felt that presence every day. David knew that we have a God who's not some far off God, but we have a living God. David knew that we have a living God. And so I love what David said. He's like, who is this, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? Who does he think he is? 
He doesn't even have the mark of our God on him. You know, who does this, who does this person think that he is? He wasn't afraid at all. He says, we worship the living God. He says, I, I know the power of the living God. I felt the presence of the living God. So David wasn't afraid. And he just grabs five stones. You know, Saul tries to put all this armor on him. And David's like, um, I can't move with all this stuff on me. I love that. That's just like, I'm such a visual person. I love imagining that. He's like, uh, Saul, thanks for putting all this armor on me. But this isn't going to work out too well. Hard to move a slingshot when I'm walking like this. So he takes off all that armor. Grabs five stones only needs one and with one sling of a slingshot down goes goliath all because david had faith in our living god and then we can keep going on to our gospel of of mark text and i love this gospel of mark text too i love it why is it that on days when i'm like really loving one of our lectionary texts there's like multiple lectionary texts that i really really love why is that gotta happen but anyway so then we have our, our gospel of mark text and i love this reading in the gospel of mark by the way this ends with where we had just been reading last week so what happened for the rest of the fourth chapter which some of which we read last week was jesus was telling parables about where the kingdom of heaven jesus was telling parables about the kingdom of heaven and all of these parables and all these parables about the kingdom of god and jesus was was trying to instill the faith that these disciples needed in them and then finally they get on a boat and they just cross to the other side and as our bible studiers one of them pointed out what did most of our disciples do for a profession before they became disciples they were fishermen, and that's something that one of our Bible studiers pointed out this week, and it's so true. So these were experienced boaters. These were not like me, where you put me out on a boat, and I've got no idea what to do, and I'm probably going to get seasick, and it's probably going to be miserable. Not like that at all. These were experienced fishermen, experienced boaters, and they got into the boat, and then there's a terrible storm. A storm where they thought that they were perishing, which means that this storm was so bad that these fishermen thought that they were going to die. It was the worst storm that they've ever seen before. And I love how Jesus is just sleeping on the boat. Jesus, I think, is testing them through this. Jesus is asleep on the boat as the disciples are freaking out, like 100% freaking out, thinking that they are about to die. And Jesus wakes up. And he calms the storm with the words, peace be still. But then he looks at his disciples and he says, where's your faith? Kind of like, why don't you have faith like David? Why don't you have faith like David that our God is a living God? Why don't you have faith like David and feel the presence of God and know that our God has the power to calm the storms? Why don't you have faith like David and know that our God is a living God? Hear us and among us, Jesus is like, I'm trying to teach you that our God is a living God. Here with us and among us, giving us power to do marvelous, marvelous things. Jesus says to his disciples, where is your faith? So as we look at these two texts, I think we can look at these texts and we can think, huh, I guess we better have some faith. I guess we better have some faith that our God is a living God. Our God is alive. Our God is here with us. 
Our God lives within us. We worship a living God who is within us, who loves us and blesses us and gives us power. And we get to tap into that power. And it's amazing. But it's also Father's Day. So before I let you go, I want to just think about you fathers for just a little bit. Now, I was thinking about Father's Day stories that, that just show how, how amazing it is when our dads just kind of realize that they have the power of the living God within them. And I was thinking about, honestly, I started thinking about the birth of my children, and I started thinking especially at the, about the birth of my second child, Walter. Now, as some of you guys know, my, my little Walter was born with a blue face with the cord twice wrapped around his neck, you know, that, that heartbreaking kind of thing. But doctors are good. They had a whole slew of doctors in there. But I remember that after my son was born and he was just kind of whisked away to a little table off to the side, thankfully my husband is also quite tall and he's able to like see over everybody. The good thing about being tall, isn't it? It's like everybody else can't see what's going on, but he always has a nice like view. He can see exactly what's going on from above. And I remember like after I gave birth to Walter and then they they quickly brought him over to the table and I saw his little blue face before they brought him over and, and I couldn't see anything else. Uh, I mean, you could have stabbed me in the gut and I would have had no idea what was going on because I was like just trying to figure out what was going on. My husband could see everything. So you know what I was looking at? I was looking at my husband's face the whole entire time. He could see everything that was going on. I can read that man's face better than I can read a book. So I was just watching his face the whole entire time. And the thing that I loved is he's watching seriously with this serious look on his face as our little newborn son is over on this little table. I can see this look on on his face and it's like he's willing our son to breathe. <laughs> it was like he was calling upon the power of God that lives within him to will our son to breathe. It's like you could see within him everything he could do. It's like you could see he's like, breathe, child, breathe. God, make my son breathe. It's like you could see it within him. And then the second that our child finally took a breath and the second that he let out apparently some little scream that I couldn't even hear, I knew what happened because that face went from serious to complete and utter joy. Dads, I'm looking at so many dads. Dads, you guys are awesome. I'm looking at all of you dads. I know so much about all of you. And you are awesome. And I'm thinking about all of the times where you have willed your child to breathe. I'm thinking about all those times that you've been on the side of a, of a sports, sports game. And I'm thinking about those times that you've willed your, your child to hit the ball with that baseball bat. I see you dads sitting on the side. It's like you guys are up there as your child is up there ready to swing. You guys are giving them, you know, you're basically trying to bat through them. You guys tap into the power of God, and I know it. I know how many times I've seen you tap into the power of God and will your child to do great things. You guys tap into the power of God so you know what it's like to have faith like David. You have used that faith like David to bless your children. You have used that faith like David to bless your families. I have seen you use that faith like David to do miraculous things. So today on this Father's Day, let's have faith like David undeniable, unwavering faith. Let's have faith like you fathers that would do anything for the goodness of your children. Let's have faith like those disciples needed out on that boat and later they were able to have. Let's have undeniable, unwavering faith that we have the power of the living God within us. Do you know what I mean? Do you feel that power? We have the power of the living God within us. Tap into that faith. 
and live your life through the power of that faith. And let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you, Lord, because you, Lord, are above all things. You, Lord, are greater than all we can imagine. And you, Lord, give us the power of your Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit lives within us. Help us, Lord, to tap into that power of your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to have undeniable, unwavering faith. Help us, Lord, every day of our lives. Give us strength. Give us courage. And bless our fathers, Lord. Bless them with the power of your Holy Spirit. Give them the strength that they need now and always. And we pray this in every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now is the time we take to worship our God with our tithes and offerings. There's a basket in the back that you may drop your envelope in or continue to give online if that's what you've been doing. Thank you. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. I know he rescued my soul, his blood has covered my sin, I believe, I believe, my shame is taken away, my pain is healed in his name, I believe, I believe, now I'll raise a banner. The grave, my Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. 
I know he rescued my soul. His blood has covered my sin. I believe. I believe. My shame he's taken away. My pain is healed in his name. I believe. I believe. I'll raise a banner. My Lord has conquered the grave. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. You lift my burdens, and I rise with you. I'm dancing on this mountain top to see your kingdom come. My Redeemer lives, 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 my Redeemer Now go forth with faith like David. Go forth, be blessed, and be a blessing to all. And dads, have a happy Father's Day.